RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Carrie Lam says the power of LegCo prevented her from putting forward her northern metropolis plan earlier. Property experts say the proposal will boost prices in the new territories, but there's a warning it could lead to empty homes. And tentative plans are announced for President Xi Jinping to hold a video conference with US leader Joe Biden this year. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says changes to the Legislative Council under new electoral arrangements mean the time is now right to put forward her plan to develop the northern part of Hong Kong. Appearing on a radio phone-in programme, Mrs Lam was asked why she didn't propose the northern metropolis at the beginning of her term. The CE, who raised the proposal in yesterday's policy address, said it would have been difficult to get LegCo approval earlier. In the past, the Legislative Council had great power. The Council passed bills, amended laws and approved funding requests. I gave you an example. We encountered a lot of difficulties when we introduced the co-location arrangement at the Express Rail Station. It almost led to a riot. But recently, the LegCo imperceptibly approved a co-location arrangement at Huang Gong Port. It's obviously different. As Hong Kong's situation is so good, I should make the most of the momentum and push ahead with the Northern Metropolis plan. If I did it three years ago, I would have been badly battered. The chief executive says the government plans to issue bonds, especially green bonds, to raise funds for the Northern Metropolis project. Mrs Lam hasn't put a price tag on the mega project in the new territories, but says she is confident that far from being a burden on the public coffers, it will make the SAR richer. Speaking through an interpreter at a LegCo question and answer session, she said issuing bonds could help solve cash flow problems. For the initial stages, the best way to go is to raise funds from locally, from the mainland and from international community. So we have been increasing our ratio of bond issuance in the past few years. The central government has been very supportive. So we would definitely use fundraising, especially green bonds, to fund the initial stages of the development. Of course, we would carry out construction in a carbon-free way. These projects would fulfill the requirements of green bond. Real estate specialists have played down concerns that plans for hundreds of thousands of new homes will push down property prices. Raymond Cheng, head of China Hong Kong Property Research at CGSCIMB Securities, said the long term proposal wouldn't have an immediate impact on the housing shortage. He says he expects prices in the new territories to get a boost of up to 10% on the news. However, investor and founder of website David Webb told RTHK's Backchat program that the project comes at a time when the SAR's population is falling. We've only got about 100,000 households in subdivided units. And obviously, some of those could stay if, if, the, if, if they cease to be subdivided, they'd still provide some units. So where are all these people coming from? We've had, we've had a population drop of about 100,000 in the last year. There's a brain drain going on. And if you simply build excessive amounts of, of uh, housing, uh, there'll be excessive vacancies and then prices would, would tend to uh, fall. A political commentator says the proposed northern metropolis is an aggressive project that could take up to 20 years to come to fruition. It would cover 300 square kilometres in Yunlong and North District to house around 2.5 million people and be developed into an international IT hub. James Sung, the founding director of the Progress and Perfection Research Institute, questioned whether enough skilled construction workers would be available. It's too big. One important challenge is do we get sufficient skilled workers to carry out 
such a large-scale project because in the past two decades' time, the construction industry always complained that we cannot get sufficient skilled worker from within. And in, in Hong Kong, it would be difficult to get workers from outside. So this is a real challenge. Mr. Song also questioned whether the talent could come from where the talent could come from for the proposed new government bureau suggested by Mrs. Lam, which include dealing with culture, youth, and district affairs. Carrie Lam also told Legco that she thinks there needs to, they, there needs to be a serious study enacting laws banning insults, and it may not just cover the police and public officers, but also the general public. She says this wasn't in the policy address because officials are considering how wide the laws should be, noting that Singapore recently banned insults towards private security guards. The DAB's Elizabeth Quatt raised the question of insults faced by police officers, but she's fine with a blanket law. If just only talking about police or public officers, some citizens may think that this is unfair to them. So I think we can have reference to others, what the other cities are doing. Most likely they have two levels. One level is for general public. This is against any insulting for any person. But they also, in the bill, states that if you insult public officers, the penalty will be higher. So I think this may be a direction that the government can consider. The White House has announced plans for talks between President Xi Jinping and Joe Biden by video link before the end of the year. An agreement in principle was reached during in-person talks between senior Chinese and U.S. officials in Switzerland yesterday. The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, said it wasn't yet clear what form the meeting would take. As I understand it, what came out of the discussions was um, an agreement to continue a dialogue at um, a very high level. So uh, what we've said, of course, and we continue to believe, is that leader-level engagement is an important part of our effort to responsibly manage the competition with China. Mainland media haven't mentioned the proposed talks but said yesterday's discussions were constructive. Broadcaster CCTV said Beijing was opposed to defining Sino-US relations as competitive. The UN Security Council has been told that increasingly alarming accounts of hunger-related deaths are emerging from the Tigray region of Ethiopia. The UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, again appealed to the Ethiopian government to allow the unhindered movement of desperately needed supplies to the region after nearly a year of conflict. The United Nations has no political agenda in Ethiopia. Our agenda is just one, to support the Ethiopian people. We cannot see people go on dying because of bullets or dying because of hunger. We need to do everything to stop this conflict. We need to do everything for humanitarian aid to be distributed everywhere to everybody. The World Health Organization has endorsed a malaria vaccine, the first against the mosquito-borne disease that kills more than 400,000 people a year. The decision followed a review of a pilot program that began from 2019 in Ghana, Kenya and Malawi, in which more than 2 million doses of the vaccine called Muscurix were given. The agency's Director General, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said the vaccine could save many young lives every year. This long-awaited malaria vaccine is a breakthrough for science, child health and malaria control. Using this vaccine in addition to existing tools to prevent malaria could save tens of thousands of young lives each year. We have made incredible progress in the fight against malaria in the past two decades. Since 2000, malaria deaths have fallen by more than half and we have succeeded 
in eliminating malaria from many parts of the world. An earthquake in Pakistan has killed at least 20 people. About 200 others have been hurt. A number of homes collapsed and power supplies were cut. The BBC's Aruna Iyengas reports. The quake with a magnitude of 5.7 struck in the early hours of Thursday in Baluchistan province. It was centred near the town of Hanai, but felt as far away as Quetta, around 100 kilometres to the west. Many of those killed were sleeping when the earthquake hit. Rescue operations are underway. Several of the injured have been taken to hospital in a critical condition. Government buildings collapsed as well as mud houses. Hundreds of people have been made homeless. Police in the U.S. have said two people were shot and two others injured when a student got into a fight and drew a gun in a classroom at a Texas high school. The assistant police chief of the city of Arlington said three people were hospitalized, two of them with gunshot wounds. A fourth person was treated on the scene for minor injuries and released. Speaking after the shooting, Texas Senator Ted Cruz said he is hopeful those who were injured will survive. As we understand from police reports, it appears there are four injuries. Uh, at present, it appears there are no fatalities. That obviously could change. But right now, uh, I know all of us are, are lifting up uh, in prayer, and there have been far too many of these at far too many schools. And so we are grateful for the courage and the heroism of the first responders, uh, and we are hopeful that, that all of the students uh, or individuals uh, who may have been injured will, will come through and survive. Netflix has announced that it will edit out a phone number in its hit South Korean program Squid Game after a woman said she'd been deluged by calls and messages to her mobile. The BBC's Will Leonardo has the details. Squid Game has taken the world by storm since its release last month and is on course to become Netflix's most-watched series ever. The drama features cash-strapped contestants being invited to ring a number to take part in a series of life-or-death children's games for big prize money. For one woman in South Korea, its roaring success has had an unusual effect. She told a local broadcaster that calls to the supposedly fictional number came through to her phone and she'd been inundated with prank messages. Netflix has urged viewers not to call the number, as well as editing it out. In financial news, the White House has said it is continuing to press for a long-term suspension of the debt limit and not a move to just kick the can down the road a couple of more weeks. Press Secretary Jen Psaki spoke shortly after Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell told Democrats he would allow an emergency debt limit extension into December. We could get this done today. We don't need to kick the can. We don't need to go through a cumbersome process that every day brings additional risks. Uh, so uh, they're discussing up there. We'll obviously be in close touch with them as we will continue to be. Shares in developer Chinese estates holdings rose by 31% in morning trading after it announced an offer to take the company private for $1.9 billion. The company is a significant shareholder in the embattled mainland developer Evergrande. The takeover proposal comes from a company controlled by the family of Chinese estates major shareholder Joseph Lau. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,534. That's 567 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $57 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is, tr is trading at 111.38 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 57 cents. To sport and in football, Spain have ended Italy's record unbeaten run to reach the final of the UEFA Nations League. The Italians came into 
into the semi-final in Milan on the back of 37 consecutive games unbeaten. But they lost 2-1 to Spain, who will face France or Belgium in the title match. More details from the BBC's Paul Serres. The Manchester City forward Ferran Torres scored twice as Spain ended Italy's record-breaking 37-match unbeaten run to reach the Nations League final. The Juventus defender Leonardo Bonucci was sent off for two bookable offences in the first half as Spain got revenge over the side who knocked them out of Euro 2020 at the semi-final stage earlier in the year, winning 2-1 in Milan. Luis Enrique's side will face the winner of Thursday's semi-final between Belgium and France. With international football taking place around the world over the next 10 days, the issue of players being vaccinated against the coronavirus is again a big talking point, especially after the Republic of Ireland international Callum Robinson said he would not be vaccinated despite having had COVID-19 twice. England's Vicario Tomori says it's a personal issue whether players choose to be vaccinated. The AC Milan defender has been recalled by manager Gareth Southgate for England's upcoming World Cup qualifiers, having won his own only previous cap in November 2019. For me personally, it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of like a personal issue. So I'm kind of like, you know what, if I want to do what I want to do, then, you know, that's it. Or if, if another player wants to do that, I think it's, as I said, it's a personal issue for every, every single individual, um, not just athlete, but also, you know, people that are non-athletes. In other football news, the Saudi Arabia-backed takeover bid of Newcastle United could be set for Premier League approval. Reporting again, the BBC's Paul Serres. A Saudi Arabian takeover of Newcastle United is close to being agreed. A approval from the Premier League could possibly come in the next 24 hours after the consortium proved the Saudi state would not have control of the club. Instead, the Public Investment Fund, which is set to provide 80% of money for the £300 million deal, will be seen as separate to the state and therefore allow the takeover to pass the Premier League's owners and directors' tests. And to the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, sunny intervals during the day, fresh east to northeasterly winds, strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook for the week, it will be windy with occasional heavy squally showers tomorrow and during the weekend there will be swells. The weather will improve and it will be dry early next week. The temperature now is 31 degrees with the relative humidity at 63%. Uh, and be, uh, be advised that the strong monsoon signal is in force. To end the news, the top stories once again. Carrie Lam says the power of LegCo prevented her from putting forward her northern metropolis plan earlier. Property expert says the proposal will boost prices in the new territories, but there's a warning it could lead to empty homes. And tentative plans are announced for President Xi Jinping to hold a conference with US leader Joe Biden this year. The news from RTHK. Today, I was happy as a lark, but now I go for walks to the movies, maybe to the park. I have a seat on the same old bench to watch the children play. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is their future, but for me, just another day. 
They all gather around me. They seem to know my name. We laugh, tell a few jokes, but it still doesn't ease my pain. I know I can't hide from a memory, though day after day I've tried. I keep saying she'll be back, but today again I've lied. See you next time. 